Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chels, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming into you on your speakers and headsets. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston, and I have Rahul here from Connecticut, or should I say France? Bonjour, mon ami. Oh, What's sorry, I'm, I'm just handling my energy room. <laughs> this, this podcast is going to be the Ollie show, right? It's been the Ollie show for the past few days. <laughs> All right, why don't we get it kicked off? This is going to be a little bit of a different, shorter podcast, doing a quick review on Chelsea's uh, Premier League, sorry, uh, Champions League, and then a Premier League preview for Chelsea's game. Sounds good. Let's get started. All right, so we played Sevilla in midweek. Uh, I have to be honest, I didn't have a chance to watch the game live. Sometimes those games happen while I'm at work, but my faithful friend here did text me and keep me updated throughout the entire game. And Boy, I must say I was excited every time I got a message saying Mr. Giroud himself scored a goal, huh? That's all I texted you was four times <laughs> to tell you about the four goals. <laughs> no, so, but it, it was an all-round just perfect performance from the squad. Yeah, definitely for sure. So, I mean, the game ended 4-0 like we just touched on. All four goals were scored by Olivier Giroud himself. I think we got the formation predicted right. It was a 4-3-3. Some personnel did change do you want to run through what the squad was actually and then we kind of go through what happened sure so Lampard made in nine changes which we were expecting some changes but not that many mainly because this was a game that we didn't have to lose uh, we wanted to maintain our uh, top spot in the group so I think he wanted to I we thought he would come up with you know some of the more regulars but he went ahead and made nine changes and it paid off Uh, one surprise for me was to see Christensen back in the lineup. Yeah, I was shocked as well because I think we were both confident that Zuma would continue to retain his place. Yeah, we we felt Rudiger would play, but Christensen, when his name came out, I was like, what's going on? Not that I was doubting Lampard, but just a, a, a surprise for me. But yeah, so it was Mendy in goal, uh, Aspilicueta, Christensen and Rudiger, center backs and Emerson as the left back. Kai Havertz got a good uh, start and, and got some good minutes under his belt. Jorginho and Kovacic in midfield. Then he started with Pulisic, Giroud, and Hudson-Odoi. Yeah, and every single player, we know we're going to talk about, it's the Ollie show, so we're going to talk about Olivier Giroud, but every single player did great, especially since you mentioned we did nine changes, kept a clean sheet against a very confident and top-quality side coming in from Spain, and we were away as well. Yeah, and Sevilla are no easy team to play in Spain or in Europe at all. So for us to come out with this result is definitely a, a statement of our intentions. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, let's just jump to the player of the match because we're not even going to start uh, picking around other teams. Olivier Giroud with four goals. Do you want to run through some of his goals? Yeah, he was man of the match, man of the game, whatever you want to say. And he continued in, in the good form that he left off the last Champions League game where he scored the winner. And his first goal comes inside the first 10 minutes. It's, you know, we're knocking the ball around in defense. It goes from Christensen to, I think, Kovacic back to Christensen to Jorginho, who releases Havertz inside our own half. And this goal obviously was finished off by Giroud, but was made by Havertz and his burst through from our half into Sevilla's half. What a run that was. He just, you know, turned on the afterburners on that one. Yeah. And talk about finishing 
on Giroud's part, he touches it with his right, and then the next touch is with his left foot into the net. Yeah, definitely quality, quality, quality goal over there. Yeah, so that that got us started, and I think that settled our nerves in the sense that we knew we had something to hold on to and defend. Not that that's what we wanted to do because we went ahead and finished the game in style, but that was early goal helped us going, helped us get going. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And then the second goal? Yeah, so the second goal, once again, uh, Giroud with his right foot this time. Similar sort of thing. He he gets the ball, makes a, a small run into the box, and then just dinks it over yeah. over the goalie into the net. And that's just the class of that man. He he knows how to finish opportunities. Yeah, agreed. I was going to say that. I think that was my favorite goal. I know we're going to run through two more, but... The presence of mind and the quality of the finish just to chip it over the goalkeeper and into the net was wonderful. Yeah, and so that puts us two up. And at this point, I think we, as fans watching and, and me texting you, felt comfortable that we had enough to at least go on and win this game and if not, secure at least a draw if, if things fell apart. But that didn't happen. So yeah, And, and then, then the third one is a header to make it a perfect hat-trick. And a hat-trick, I want to say that for a player that hasn't played much must feel so good. For sure. And for anybody who doesn't know what a perfect hat-trick is, why don't you tell us what a perfect hat-trick is? Yeah, so like I mentioned, the first goal was left foot, second goal was right foot, and the third goal was a header, which in the world of soccer or football is known as the perfect hat-trick. Yeah, that's definitely great to see. He scored with his head and both legs. It was wonderful. And that header was beautiful, but it's also a typical Olivier Giroud goal. So you can still see he's sharp and ready to go, even after scoring two goals. Definitely, definitely. And then he gets his fourth from the penalty spot. And that was just the icing on the cake. I mean, he had the hat-trick and then he goes on and scores four and puts himself in some very good company in terms of records and, and being one of two players in the last 10 years or so to score four goals for Chelsea. Yeah, so actually I have an interesting fact for you and a stat for you. He's only the second Chelsea player to score four goals in a Champions League, the last one being Peter Osgood. So he's actually in very good company now. Wow. Yeah, I was referring to the in the last 10 years, Frank Lampard. Sure, yeah. The only one that scored four goals for Chelsea in a game. So those two... In, in our squad, one is manager and one is goal scorer isn't a bad thing. It's a great combination. So overall, they ended up we ended up playing the game, finishing out 4-0. I mean, it's no surprise Olivier Giroud is the man of the match. I've talked a lot about him in previous podcasts about he needs to start and things like that. But other things that are notable, we did finish top of the group. I think we have a goal difference of 12, uh, positive 12, which is amazing to hear. Um, we did use up all five substitutions in this game. So Frank Lampard took advantage of having that and changing out some of the players just to get some people up and running and rest some other players. What's nice about finishing top of the top of the group is the next game can be used again to to use squad rotation, bring in some other players and just keep going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean if he made nine changes for this game, I definitely think he's going to put out a new 11 for <laughs> the next one. Not to disrespect Krasnodar, but I think it just makes sense with how many games are coming. And, and one sub that came on out of the five was Billy Gilmore. And it was great to see him get some minutes. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on Billy Gilmore. He's been out for a little bit with an injury since last season. So it's good to see him get his legs warmed up and coming back onto the field. 
for sure. And him coming back and adding to our midfield options just it was a wonderful feeling. Yeah, just a quick note on Billy Gilmore. Frank Lampard was quizzed about him, and he said a lot of competition for place. Like I said, everybody ended up fit as well after the game. Billy Gilmore will get his chance, but he's going to have to prove himself. So good luck to the young man. I, I agree. I think he's he's got the potential. Now he's just got to put his head down and, and work hard again. All right. So anything else you want to touch on the Champions League? I think all in all, it was a wonderful night, but I don't think there's much anything better we can say other than that. No, it was a wonderful night. I just uh, wanted to touch on one thing at the end. Uh, they, there was an interview between Espelicueta and Giroud with Lee Parker from Chelsea TV. And it was just funny to see the relationship and the interaction between the two players and the respect between the two players. Yeah, I so. think I caught a couple minutes of that. It's seeing the senior players leading the team and having major respect for each other, especially given they've not started the last few games. It's nice to see that not only do they support each other and themselves in being positive, they talked a little bit about managing the young players and supporting them as well to bring Chelsea Football Club forward. So all all in all, very, very classy. Those two, those two guys define professionalism. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely. So let's move on to this weekend and some some big games coming up. None other than Chelsea versus Leeds, and this is a a rivalry that goes far, far, far back into the ninth, early nineteen twenties. I want to say, and it's just it's weird saying this as a Chelsea fan, but it's it's good to have Leeds back in the in the Premier League because we can enjoy this rivalry again. Yeah, let me run some interesting facts by you to kind of understand the rivalry a little bit, and then we can kind of go from there. The first meeting that I could research was uh, 10th of December, 1927. So you're definitely correct saying the rivalry goes back way back then. It seems that it ended 5-0 with a win to Leeds. I'm not happy to say that, but that's what I've been able to find out. Uh, Our last meeting with them was in the League Cup in December 2012. We ended up winning that one 5-1, so we're coming back over there over them. Uh, You know, I was doing a little bit of research on this one. Leeds and Chelsea are over 200 miles apart. So I I didn't really understand, being a younger fan in a different generation, why there is a rivalry. So some little investigation brought up the fact that, well, back in the day, there used to be a lot of football hooliganism. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist today. It does to a certain degree. But football has become a little more classy, a little more friendly. But one of the things and one of the, the statements I was able to find is, Leeds and Leeds fans were very, very aggressive and enjoyed the hooliganism part of football. And when they came against Chelsea, they were surprised to be matched with our fans and our team, who was equally, if not more aggressive than them. And this quote actually I've read and found out came from Peter Bonetti himself as well. So very interesting to to learn. And that's kind of where this is spurred on from. That's some great insight into the rivalry and and I'm glad to hear that the boys in blue back then didn't didn't take any crap from anyone. <laughs> yep, for sure. Yeah, and and add to to this age old rivalry the the re- more recent uh, issues between Frank Lampard and Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, now Mar- Lampard wasn't at Chelsea back then, but he is he is a Chelsea boy, and and since then the Leeds fan have been mocking him and making songs about him. So. 
all of that added to everything you've just mentioned over the past 93 years tomorrow or or saturday when this game happens it's going to just be awesome to watch on the field yeah and i hope it's not explosive as far as aggression i hope it's a good game of football where we actually get to see both teams because leads are a quality side they are just new in the premier league it's something different and they've not been in the premier league for several years but they are a quality side and marcelo bielsa is building something great over here i i agree marcelo bielsa has done wonderful work there uh, I'm not going to touch too much on the Spygate because that takes away from all the hard work he's put in. But he he's finally got them back in the Premier League after 16 years. And and to do that is is no no small achievement. That, that takes real team cohesion and leadership as a manager. Yeah, for sure. Hey, and one interesting thing this week is fans are back. Yeah, and what a, what a great game for them to come back to. Now, I know it's not a full house at, at the bridge, but... Even two thousand fans would be would be good for this kind of game. Yeah, any kind of fan coming back to the Sanford Bridge is going to be fantastic. Just to hear a little bit of singing, a little bit of chanting, a little bit of noise. It's going to be exciting to watch. For sure. So you want to go through and do a quick starting lineup prediction? Yeah, let's do that. For me, Mendy stays in goal. He's been excellent. He's kept clean sheets after clean sheets. I think it's now nine or ten in his first 11 appearances which is just crazy and the last person to do that was Petr Cech so go figure yeah so Mendy stays in goal I think Reese James comes back into the lineup he got a good rest over the over midweek Kurt Zuma Thiago Silva maintain their relationship in in defense and then Ben Chowell completes the back four for me I would play a 4-3-3, so I've already started with my four defenders. I would start with Conte as that holding player or defensive midfielder, whatever you want to call him. Right. Mount on one side, and I'm I'm a little torn here. I think I want to go with Kovacic, but I think Kai Havertz starts just because he brings that extra attacking intent and 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 quality to the side. And then Ziyech and Werner are on either side of the striker. Now, the striker position is going to be interesting because Giroud should start. But this game also suits Tammy. So I'm I'm very excited to see what Lampard goes with. I agree with you for the most part. It's a good toss-up between Kai Havertz and Kovacic. Both have different things they bring to the team. As far as the striking position goes, Olivier Giroud needs to start this game. And we don't need to get into a long debate about this one, but he's just he's in good form. He deserves a start, and hopefully Frank Lampard gives it to him. If not, I'll be a little bit upset. I, I, I'd be okay with Giroud starting, but I can also see if he starts Tammy, why that would be the reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that as well. Yeah, so, I mean, and not a bad... Net bad uh, option to have a four-goal scorer coming off the bench if we need him to. Oh, not at all. And we've touched on this before. One of the nice things that Chelsea do have this season is the depth of squad and the quality in the depth as well. So we just talked about Kai Havertz or Kovacic. It's a great toss-up there. We are lucky to have either one coming into the squad. And then, of course, if we're having the French World Cup winner, the four-goal man himself starting, or Tammy Abraham, definitely no shame in that. Yeah. And Leeds come into this game in, in pretty decent form, at least away from home. They beat Everton their last game. 
away from home. They've recently beaten Aston Villa away from home. So they're getting the points on the road, and this is not going to be an easy game for us. You know, Bielsa's team just runs and runs and runs and, and doesn't stop. I want to say they're the most they've covered the most ground in, in the Premier League, which they're going to make it tough for us. Yeah, and, you know, Marcelo Bielsa himself, the little that I know about him is he's a good tactician, somebody who's very smart and well-versed in the game of football. I actually heard a quote from Pep Guardiola when he was in Spain playing against Barcelona. He actually had a binder of research that he had on Barcelona, where to the point Pep has actually said something to the effect of, you know more about this Barcelona squad than I do. So he's definitely someone who does his research, shows up and puts out his best foot forward when he's trying to play. Definitely a bigger team as well. He, you know, last year or maybe 18 months ago, there was this video doing the rounds on, on Twitter and the internet. And it showed the level of detail Bielsa gives to his, his squad. And it goes back to the point you just said that he knows more about the opposition than even the opposition may know about them. And so, again, I think not to take them lightly, you know, they've, they're recently promoted, but they're not going to be just an easy team to, for us to get around. Even if we go one up, they're still going to hang in there and try to fight and, and get a goal. And I think this would be a good test of our defense and Mendy. Yeah. I think you said something there about Leeds having several wins away from home or something like that. I think their form is a little bit inconsistent. Uh, they have a couple of wins, then a couple of losses, a draw and a win. And some of it doesn't always make sense to who they're winning and losing against. However, they sit 12th in the table. So they're performing and punching above their weight for somebody who's just recently promoted. That's a lot of credit to Bielsa. We also haven't touched on the fact that we have a an ex-Chelsea protege in Leeds starting, which is Patrick Bamford. What are your thoughts on him? He's he's a good striker. He's been he's learning his trade now more in the Premier League. I remember when he was initially breaking through at Chelsea and everyone was feeling good about him and you know Bamford and he's scored so many goals in, in the under 18s and the youth and he's definitely friends with some of the guys that are in our squad now like the Mason Mount and and Tammy Abraham. So he knows us, he knows Chelsea, and he's gone to Leeds and he's doing the business and most recently scored all three goals in their way win against Aston Villa. Yep. So the boy has quality and even against Arsenal most recently hit the bar a couple of times. So he gets into positions where he can get a goal. And so I'm sure he fancies himself tomorrow to get a goal or two against his former side. Yeah, no disrespect to Patrick Bamford. When he was coming through, he had to fight with the likes of Didier Drogba, Nicholas Anelka and things. So uh, definitely nice to see his career progressing correctly. I think Frank Lampard said something to that effect as well. They know they know him from the youth system. He's, he was a good player for Chelsea while he was in the youth system, just never really got a chance to break through. So good luck to him on tomorrow, but hopefully there's no goals from him. And another tie that's coming in between Leeds and Chelsea, we've talked so much about their history, Patrick Bamford, Marcelo Bielsa and Frank Lampard at Derby County. Uh, we also have Jack Harrison that plays for Leeds United. He and the current boss, Frank Lampard, actually played together at New York City FC together. I think it was a couple of seasons or three seasons ago, something like that. Yeah, Jack Harrison is actually an English English guy who played in New York while Lampard was there and is now originally owned by Manchester City, but on loan at Leeds. And so he's... He's doing well for himself at Leeds and, and, and making his name there. 
but he obviously knows Lampard and his work ethic from when they were both together in New York. So I'm sure he can provide a little bit of insight to his teammates on what Frank Lampard is and his mentality in terms of coming into this game. Yeah, definitely. We hope so. Um, and Chelsea is sitting third in the league. This is a good opportunity to continue pushing for a competitive spot, especially with Tottenham playing a, a decent rival on the weekend and Liverpool as well playing a strong team. If we win tomorrow, we go up for the remainder of Saturday and going into Sunday. So it's it's a great opportunity for us to once again show our intentions and our title ambitions for this season. Yeah. For sure. I definitely agree with you there. And I think we should be pushing with the mentality we've had lately to try and do that. Because as much as we think it's very early days, I think every win and every time you get to the summit of that Premier League, it sends a message and it's something psychological for other teams to pay attention to as well. Definitely. And we come into this game on the back of 10 undefeated games in all the competitions. That that first one being the severe game at home. So we've now gone 10 games since that game undefeated and scoring goals and keeping clean sheets and I'm sure Lampard and the players want to continue this this run and, and go top of the table so I hope we do yeah fingers crossed so should we do a quick prediction on what the scoreline will be for Chelsea Leeds let's do that I, I'm going back and forth in my mind on a couple of scorelines but why don't you start us off Jackie so I always, you know, when we started the season, I would always be a little bit nervous about a team that's below us because sometimes we lose focus or whatnot. But recently, in just some of the facts you stated, I think we're going to be solid. I think we're going to beat them 3-0. That, that's a good shot. It's way more comfortable than I'm thinking because I think Leeds will keep it tight and we may just nick it one nothing. Okay. If he starts Olivia Giroud, we'll win 3-0. I'm just telling you that now. <laughs> that would be a downgrade to the four goals, so he would have to score five. <laughs> All right, so we're at least both going for a win. We want to continue this, so that's great. Um, like I said, it's a slightly different podcast, so do you want to do like maybe some quick reviews for some of the other games so we kind of talk about that as well? Yeah, let's do that. So Saturday starts off with Burnley-Everton, and the game we're going to predict is Manchester City versus Fulham. Yep, and yep. Fulham come into this game off of a big victory against Leicester City away. So they're finding their way in the league and, and Loftus-Cheek helped them get that win the other day. So it's going to be an interesting one, but Manchester City's quality is just too much. They're way too dominant in, in terms of possession, in terms of quality of attacking players. So I think they they win this 3 nothing. I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Fulham, I wish them the best. They're a London neighbor. Don't want them to win against us, but against Man City, it'd be nice to keep them down the league. But I just think Aguero coming back to fitness, Gabriel Jesus has been good. The midfield with Kevin De Bruyne, Mares scoring a hat-trick. I think it's going to end 5-0 in City's favor. Oh, wow. Aguero, actually, I, I was reading earlier, Pep says may not will not make this game, but take take the take his word with a grain of salt. So. 5-0 is a big victory for them, especially after they won last week against Burnley by the same margin. Yeah, that's what I want to stick with. Let's see how it plays out. You got any Man City players in your fantasy Premier League? Ironically, I only have defenders, so the nail 
on Fulham side works nicely for me because I have Ederson in goal and Diaz in my center back position. But it doesn't take away from the fact that they have a fantastic forward line as well. So I'm sticking with 5 0. For sure, for sure. All right. The next game is West Ham United versus Manchester United. So Manchester United away from home. I just want to point that out before you put in your prediction. Yeah, I'd like you to go first because this is interesting. You gave us a stat on the last podcast that my United away from home seemed to be brilliant. So what do you think is going to end up being the result? Yeah, they won, I think it's all four or five games they've played away from home in, in the Premier League. And they've done so trailing every game. So just going off of that and West Ham's recent form, they're not going to make it easy, but I think they, they go one up and then Manchester United storm back 4-1. I think we're in, in sync today because for me, with Edison Cavani being in good form, especially from the last game, I know they had a little blip in Paris, but that's it's PSG. It's a different level of quality. I think it's going to be 3-1 to Man United. Fair enough. That's a That's a good shout. Watch Ole listen to this and be like, I'm going to prove them wrong. <laughs> It'd be funny. He needs to do it in his favor. So let's see how that plays out. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the next game we're going to talk about is on Sunday, and it is Sheffield United versus Leicester City. Now, Sheffield United are still searching for their first win of the Premier League, which is just bonkers to say because this team was so, so good last season. Yep, they're sitting bottom of the league after 10 games played, a negative 12 goal difference, which is one of the lowest in the league. Their form is complete losses with just one draw somewhere down the line. It's not looking good. So given all these stats, what do you think the result is going to be? Yeah, just before I give my prediction on the other side, Leicester have now gone two games back-to-back defeats. So (laughs) Leicester have up and down two. I want to say Sheffield win this one nothing. Okay, I they think have to, they have to get game. a win, and and Chris Wilder has to get something going in his favor. So that's my prediction. I think our sink is broken here. <laughs> I'm going to go for a two nail win with Leicester winning this game. You know, Leicester lost in Europa League too, so. Well, we'll see how this one plays out. If anybody needs a win at this point, it's one of these two teams. So it might make for an interesting match. For sure. The next one is the big one from this weekend. And and Spurs keep featuring in these big games over the last few weeks. And it's the not London derby, Spurs versus Arsenal. It just came off another game with us, right? So you're going from London to London, right? Right. So what do you think it's going to be? You know, it's interesting. Spurs beat Man City, then they came to play us, and they tied. And then they went away in Europa League and tied again 3-3, which is very unheard of with the Jose Mourinho team conceding three goals. Yeah, for sure. And there's injury doubts with Harry Kane and Hugo Lloris. And so if those two don't play, I think it becomes a more even game in terms of Arsenal matching Spurs quality, but I think Spurs and Mourinho have that mentality going right now where they if they don't win, they don't lose at all. So I'm going to go with the two one Spurs win, but it could be maybe three one too. So but I'm gonna stick with two one. I personally don't see where Arsenal are gonna get a goal here. Their top goal scorer or their talisman 
um, Obama Yang just looks uninterested, deflated. I just don't know what's going to happen as far as them scoring a goal. You've got Lacazette who's missing open goals. William and Pepe misfiring. For me, it's going to be 2-0 to Tottenham Hotspur. I think Son and Harry Kane together will do something special. That's a good shout. And the last one we are going to talk about is Liverpool versus Wolves. That's a good game. I'm a little bit disappointed. Raul Jimenez is out injured. We touched him on the last podcast or touched on him on the last podcast, especially with the injury. So if you haven't heard, go listen, sending thoughts and prayers. He is doing okay. He's responsive. He's recovering at home with his family due to some COVID restrictions and things. Not everybody can see him, but they have reported that he's doing okay. So Wolves are missing their talisman as well. Uh, the young lad that came in, Fabio Silva, did decent. I don't know if he's going to be able to pip a goal against Liverpool, given um, with the injuries, they're still performing well defensively. I think this one goes 1-0 to Liverpool. A tight game. Tight game, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to call. Liverpool have been... We've had some of our Liverpool fans write in and message me that I'm too negative about Liverpool, but hey, it is what it is. So I think... Oh my god! The last time I went against Liverpool, they they showed you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, gotta give this a second. You know, Wolves have got Neto, who's in great form, and Podence, who scored a wonderful goal in the last game, given the injury still. So it's not like they're misfiring as far as players who can put the ball in the net. It's just having a center forward that's proven. So, right. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to go against Liverpool. They've had. A few days to rest. Jurgen Klopp's complaints and, and issues with scheduling have been eased up a little bit. And Wolves missing Jimenez and, and Fabio Silva coming in. Nothing against the kid. He's, he's a good player. But I think Liverpool may just have too much for them. So I'm going to go with 3-1 Liverpool. Okay, you're going with a little more high scoring in their favor. But I, I, I agree with you. I think Liverpool will pip the game. Let's see how this one plays out. It will be a fun match to watch because I think Wolves is a decent squad. So, Yeah, Sunday's got some good good fun games back-to-back, and especially Spurs, Arsenal, and then Liverpool, Wolves. Exactly. So this week is a little bit of a short week. We're just trying to squeeze in some of the different results that we're predicting, as well as a review for Chelsea and a preview for Chelsea. Uh, we did a blast in the past early in the week. If you haven't heard it, Please go listen to it. We talked about two players from our blast in the past. I covered Papa Pua Diop and Rahul covered David Bentley. As we were talking about David Bentley, we brought up one of the players that he played with. So David Bentley, if you're not familiar with, played the right wing. If you want more detail on him, please listen to our previous podcast. He paired nicely on the left wing with a player we did not mention. And we asked for somebody to tell us who this player was by commenting or, you know, Uh, finding us on Twitter and things like that. We actually had quite a bit of feedback, but this was direct messaging. And we want people to comment and give us feedback on social media. We had one person, and I said, if we got this, we'll give a shout out to. So a quick shout out to at It's Monish. Great job getting it. It was Morton Gamps Pedersen. He may be one of my blasts in the past for the next episode. So listen out for that one. That was a good, that was a good one. And and I liked the, the, photo edit that you sent me to post uh, and and get people engaged and so I look forward to doing more of these in the future and, and getting more people involved and, and sending us their responses like Jackie said through Instagram or Twitter and 
we'll be back with another blast from the past next week. Absolutely. So that wraps it up, Jackie. It's been fun. I think it's been a little shorter than in the last few ones. But as always, we have a, a fun Premier League weekend coming up and lots of games and, and hopefully lots of goals and, and win for our Chelsea. And I hope Liverpool and Spurs don't get the win so we can stay tough. <laughs> even though, even though predict, we predicted it. Yeah. Even though I predicted wins for them deep down. The, the biased Chelsea fan in me wants, <laughs> wants us to stay tough. But anyway, as always, we love to hear from you. We love your feedback. We're getting some good engagement on, on, on uh, our posts on, on Twitter and Instagram. So please continue that. We appreciate it. And leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to us. And we'll maybe start re uh, reading some of these reviews. So maybe we'll read yours soon. And if you don't know our handle, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Premier Chels. So please continue to subscribe and let's grow the Premier Chels together. Thanks, Thank guys. you all. Bye.